Welcome back to another edition of Disney Dish Podcast. It's me, Jim Hill, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, August 22nd, 2022. On the show today, comments and corrections and a listener email. And in our main segment, Chrissy Harrison of TouringPlans.com joins me for an update on Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival. And then Chrissy shares her impression of this year's edition of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Let's get started by bringing in the woman who, truth be told, is actually my favorite, Testa. Don't tell Len. It's Chrissy Harrison. Sorry. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. I support this message. Well, I cannot tell you the number of times people run in. It's like right in like, oh, we so enjoyed the show that, that, that Chrissy was on it. And you and Len are nice, too. I it, paid them all. It's money it, well spent. Well, there we go. So, so to explain here, your brother is on the move again. As I understand it, he and his lovely wife, Laurel, are, mm-hmm. are up in Canada, even as we speak, doing a, a scenic rail trip. Is that right? Or, um, Canadian things with bagpipes is all I know. I, I Maple syrup, I'm not absolutely sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I actually did this once back in 1985. This was the year that... Amtrak was was supposedly teetering on the brink of bankruptcy, and I got invited by the PR team at Disneyland to come on out to Anaheim. That was the year they were doing their 30th anniversary party for Disneyland. So they were holding a 30-hour-long party at the park. And I remember a lot of people going into great moments with Mr. Lincoln because that then allowed them to sleep for 20 minutes. So. I was in the army at the time. I used my two weeks of, of leave that I got annually to, for what I thought would be this epic train trip around, again, out to California and back and scenery from Chicago to Seattle and then Seattle down to LA and then LA all the way back to Boston was spectacular. Yeah. But the first leg, Boston to Chicago was basically a trip that took you by everybody's overgrown backyard that had rusted out car in it closing Uh, credits of a 1970s sitcom there we go there we go so uh, has len checked in since he's been away or literally just to brag or um you know make me feel poorly about sweating in the magic kingdom just Mm. literally like oh there's a bagpipe on the dining car and that we got the deluxe food package how is your casey's hot dog you know that's uh, oh, he's really weird. taking a real vacation and much much deserved much I, I i agree and speaking of food and that's something i did get uh I did hear him on the train evidently they make stops as they cruise by canada's more scenic spots and your brother was looking for suggestions about where he and Laurel could possibly go to eat once their train stops. And I suggested, well, if the train stops in Dog River, he and his wife should go to the Ruby for one of their world famous chili cheese dogs. Or if the train stops in Mellonville, there's always Dr. Tongue's 3D House of Pancakes. <laughs> Last I heard, the, the train was going to stop in Letter Kenny, which is why Len and Laurel were trying to decide whether or not to go to Modine's or to eat at the Restaurant. And Canadian sitcom fans will get those jokes. Anyway, before Christy and I get started here, we would, as always, like to thank Disney Dish's most recent subscribers, and that is Glass Joe, Brother Bacini, and Dave Jackson, as well as longtime subscriber Paul Shear, Texas Bill, and Sniffles54. 
Now, Christy, if you can believe this, these six individuals are the people who actually poke guests in the butt as they are attending screenings of It's Tough to Be a Bug inside of the 3D theater that's located in the Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Disney doesn't hire just anyone for this position. There is a lengthy audition process. One must prove that you can scuttle around within a darkened theater in complete silence. You also have to have an extremely strong index finger. Upside is you get to keep all of the gum that you scrape off of the bottom of those seats. The educational portion of the show is always, it's enlightening. It's, I, I, again, it's your brother set such a high standard. I, <laughs> that was a pretty good one, though, Jim. That was good. <laughs> I try. I try. Okay. And now the news and the news portion of today's podcast is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Also want to remind everybody that Mr. Testa, Chrissy, and myself will be taking part in the second annual Gingerbread Challenge at Walt Disney World, which will begin on Friday, December 2nd of this year. Chrissy, just so you know, I've been working on how to smuggle industrial strength caulking compound. Glenn's got uh, you. Just go with the honest route. He, <laughs> really? Honestly, it's a wonder he gets past security. And okay. Yeah, just go with the honest route. And I would work more on the sing-along portion because there'll be okay. prizes for all of it. Okay. Candy, okay. Net and, and, you know, both okay. travel agencies, we're working on some good prizes. I, I, I can out cheat one. Just let it go. Okay. Let's okay. move on. But I, I just, I want to win the gingerbread thing. And I feel like well, I, I'm the judge. So you've won. Congratulations, Jim. Well, there we go. There we go. I was, <laughs> I was sweating it. Oh, okay. Well, we're done. Okay. Cool. Said, I've said from the beginning, it is biased and mm-hmm. it, it's completely at my whim. So well done. I am loving the odds. Okay. Oh, by the way, another reason to attend the Gingerbread Challenge is that Len and I will be recording a version of Disney Dish there live on site in front of a live audience. So temporary. Uh, Tickets are still on sale. Yeah. There we go. Head over to terrainplans.com. Okay. Follow up on some stories we've done earlier here on Disney Dish. Uh, the last time Mr. Testa was away. I had Banks Lee, who's a member of the PR team at the Legoland Florida Resort, on as my special guest. And Banks gave us an overview of the whole operation there at Winter Haven, some of the, a lot of the changes that have happened at, at the park over the past 10 years. And during that time, Banks was proud to say that the Legoland Florida Park was the very first theme park here in, in North America to become a certified autism center, which... The folks at Sesame Place, now mind you, the original one in Middletown Township, Bucks County in Pennsylvania, that which opened in July of 1980, they reached out to say that they were, in fact, the first theme park to be designated a certified autism center. And, and they'd actually been certified back in July of, of 2018. So reached out to the folks at Legoland, Florida to, to try to clear up the confusion here. And it, it turns out that this resort set out in, in Winter Haven is the first theme park resort to become a certified autism center. So again, the difference here is theme park versus theme park resort. Also, Chrissy, when Sesame Place, the San Diego version, opened on March 26th of this year, it was five days later that it became the only theme park on the West Coast to then be designated as an autism center. So evidently, 
the reps have to go to the park and sort mm-hmm. of check this out. Are, are you familiar with the program they do here where they, you, you can literally walk up to the outside of an attraction and they'll tell you there will be information for parents who have kids on the spectrum to the effect of, okay, the show is this loud and it's this long. And so, you know, going into each of the shows, what you're dealing with. Kind of, kind of park. Have you been out there yet to the Peppa Pig? When Nancy and I were down in Florida, I want to say the tail end of June, early July, we swung over there for the day and it's a tiny little park. I, I want to say they, they'll tell you like noise levels and sun free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's kind of interesting is they had that there from the get go, whereas Legoland Florida went in and, and the whole resort got certified earlier this year. So Also, uh, while we're sticking with news related to the West Coast, uh, Len and I recently talked about the version of Interventions that opened at Disneyland Park back in May of 1998 as part of the the new Tomorrowland and mentioned that Kaiser Permanente was in there as one of the sponsors. Uh, They had an exhibit there in the uh, Interventions building, which, which was the old Circle Vision Theater. They were in there along with Compaq, Honeywell, AT&T, and GM. They had this huge interactive educational display about uh, health and healthcare. Mm-hmm. And Kaiser was an opening day sponsor at Disneyland. In fact, the Hall of Aluminum. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you know, that you missed out. Is it that told on YouTube? <laughs> You you can actually see some images of this on YouTube. And again, seriously, you, you walked in off the street in Tomorrowland and you could inside of a building you could see the history of aluminum and, and learn more about the men who who developed the process for its mass production. And I don't know how social media there are influence out there to, to this day regret that they couldn't get their picture taken with the Kaiser mascot, Cap the aluminum pig. Um Is that real? Seriously, Is that yes. real? <laughs> that, well, again, it was one of these things where Easily. somebody that this gives you some idea of back in the fifties what people thought was clever when you took metal into the foundry to be melted down to make aluminum. They literally, it's like it was a pig that was the unit of measure, a a pig of aluminum, you know. And so somebody, hey, hey, that should be our mascot, cap the aluminum pig. It's like. It's real. I thought you were day drinking. It's real. I'm Googling as you're talking. It's real. Well, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's not mutually exclusive, by the way. It can be real and I can day drink, you know. So, oh, okay. you know. <laughs> okay, I'm saving this. I, I will be watching this. Okay, cool, cool. Now, mind you, Brian Gone, my co-host on Looking at Lucasfilm, again, native Californian, and filled me in here about, because I was intrigued, like, how did Kaiser become Kaiser Permanente? And it turns out that Kaiser started out life as a construction company back in 1906. In fact, the company built a lot of the ships that were used during World War II. Then after World War II, he created Kaiser Aluminum and Kaiser Steel, also formed Kaiser Permanente, which was named after the Permanente Creek that flowed in front of Kaiser's cement plant. Oh. Uh, and it was basically a, a hospital that served Kaiser employees. They, they, again, <laughs> this kind of kills me. Employees paid, paid five cents a month for the health insurance. But come the 50s, Kaiser grew and eventually began operating in eight states and you know became the company that we know today. <laughs> 
And then following up on, on something Len and I talked about in a recent Disney dish, we were talking about uh, Disney's Hercules and what the company did to help per- the promotion of this Ron Clements, John Musker movie, which was released to theaters in, in 97. And, and among the things they did was a, uh, they actually brought the Main Street Electric Parade to New York City. And they took down 42nd Street and then took it up Fifth Avenue. And, and tens of thousands of people lined the route to watch it go by. Uh, anyway, Frank Kemp's wrote in on August 8th to say that uh, he enjoyed the story and wanted to know uh, if we knew about the promotional train that Disney ran around for both Hercules and the Hunchback uh, back in the 90s. Evidently, the way this worked is the train, uh, which was loaded, had a walk-through sort of dark ride experience for both of these upcoming animated features. And Frank actually took part in it. It made stops at several European cities. For example, the Hercules version, uh, you could walk through in separate train cars. In one car, there was the garden where Meg sang. You could then walk through the uh, the underworld where Hades lured. And in fact, they, they had the counter, evidently, as you entered the room. It's like, hey, 100 million souls taken. And then you could go to Thebes. And if you wanted, uh, you know, even interact with a fake ATM there. But again, he, he remembers this quite fondly and, and more to the point also has fond memories of, of that film, which, you know, as we mentioned on the show, is just about, re- about to be reinvented as a live action feature by Disney. So we'll, we'll be revisiting uh, the, the world of Hercules and, and not to mention uh, the Broadway musical that we'll be trying out at the Paperville Playhouse January, February of, of next year. So... Look for Disney to get seriously back into the Hercules business, but that's going to do it for the news section of today's show. And when we get back, Chrissy is going to tell us all about some new food boots and kitchens that have come online in Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. And then we're going to talk about this year's edition of Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Okay, so if you keep on saying you need to make a budget, but never do it, or if you somehow keep missing credit card payments, or worse, you're afraid to look at your bank statement, then maybe it's time you take back control of your financial life. Meet Rocket Money, formerly Truebill, our favorite financial app. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? We'll tell you what we've heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members, on average, $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill but with a fresh new look and feel. So start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash DisneyDish. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash DisneyDish, or download the app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, Chrissy. So, four new—what are we calling them these days? Uh, booths, kitchens, and uh, uh, for food and wine. Which, sure. by the way, this year's edition started on July fifteenth. So, is it unusual that, that we have you know four new uh, operations coming online this late? Or no, not really. It's um, the first day was July fourteenth, and then it mm-hmm. ends November nineteenth. So we're mm-hmm. going, you know, six full years. And then the four new booths started on August 15th. So okay. I believe they've done this before where they'll stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just four. Mm-hmm. And that was the um, Mac and Eats, the Coastal Eats, the Noodle mm-hmm. Exchange, and Hawaii. And I had very definitive views on, on all of them. Three of them are a win. One is a big, fat fail. So we'll start with the fail, Mac and okay. Eats. Do you have you had oh. that in the past? Do you remember mac and eats? It's all macaroni and cheese, different kinds. Yeah, who can you screw up macaroni and cheese? Well, so the traditional mac and cheese is five dollars, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I whipped out my fork to show okay. scale, and that's mm-hmm. when you know you know things are wrong. It's five dollars, mm-hmm. but it's like two bites, and it's super boring. The cowboy mac and cheese has uh let's see here it says smoked pork belly burnt mm-hmm. ends pickled peppers 625 it just tasted false it tasted like that liquid smoke stuff not good hmm. and then the other one was the chili cheese it was fine kind of boring not worth waiting in line the good mm-hmm. news is the noodle exchange is back it is just as wonderful as before it is enormous you're getting like a pot of soup in each one nothing is over six dollars and fifty cents the best one again is the chinese char sui pork udon um the dashi on it is incredible it's five dollars and fifty cents it has the pickled egg it has the noodles yes it's hot yes it's a thousand degrees but it'll cool off i mean this thing goes until november 19th and we get a few chili ish you know, 70 some days. It's fantastic. And I think that was Len's favorite last year too. And then there's the coastal eats, which is, mm-hmm. this is up front near test track and uh, flavors from fire and, and all that stuff. And they've got just two dishes. Mm-hmm. They have baked scampi for $6 oysters, Rockefeller. I liked both the oysters, Rockefeller. You get three huge oysters for seven fifty, And that to me was like, I think I said this, Mm-hmm. on one of my posts that it's like the perfect festival food. It's enough so that like you, well, Nancy's a snuggletarian. So you and Len and I could go, we could mm-hmm. each have an oyster. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you feel like you're, you're not sitting there trying to like, you know, divvy up a two bite thing between three or four people. Mm-hmm. It's perfect festival food. It's maybe not the best oysters Rockefeller you've ever had, but you're at a festival and they're mass producing them. It's very good. And it's a very good value. It's a lot of food. Um, Plus it's beautiful. And then the last one is Hawaii. Is that like your flavor profile, Jim? It's the Hawaii stuff. 
my ex Michelle, her family for a time lived out in Hawaii and it would, they would delight in, it's like, okay, you know, we'll do the luau, we'll do the tourist stuff, but we'll also take you to the real places for the real locals. And, you know, for example, getting loco moco, the rice, the egg, the gravy, again, really exposed to how they lean into the savory and the fruit. So this would be one on my radar. So they delivered the goods. Excellent. Um, now I will say skip the cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I just don't like cheesecake. I think I've said that about two. I don't okay. know. It just wasn't good. The passion fruit, it just was kind of boring. And mm-hmm. But the pork slider, mm-hmm. oh, sweet, savory, fantastic, 575. And the musubi, the spam musubi, I expected... Like is the last time I had it was at Awani and you know, everything's expensive. It's gorgeous in the shape of a Mickey head, but this is amazing. And it is giant. It's definitely enough for two people, $6. It says that it has the spicy mayo, but it's the Hawaiian spicy mayo, which isn't spicy at all. Like I have almost no tolerance for spice. So like, don't be nervous about that. $6. I think it's my, it's definitely my top three. For the whole entire festival. I'm going again tomorrow. I will buy this mm-hmm. every time I go. Magnificent. That is so cool. Holy love cow. Okay. Love, love, love. All right. Anything else worth noting coming over the horizon? or? Well, okay. So uh, a couple things from, you know, we went day one, mm-hmm. day three, day four. I've been like a mm-hmm. couple times since. And it seems like they are listening to somebody out there um they're toning down the spice on a couple dishes some of the things burned my face off the first week of the festival and you know we had to then say like avoid the samosas at the indian booth because if you have any spice intolerance because you're going to hate them it's going to ruin your day it seems like they're toning down some of the spice like on the brussels sprouts um at the wings and the odyssey so i will be going back middle of September, end of September to redo mm-hmm. everything just to see. Cause again, we have until November 9th and then immediately after that, especially the holidays. So we will be updating our best $50 that you can spend at the festival. That seems to be everybody's threshold for a budget. And then don't forget you get free entertainment. Uh, the American adventure every night. There's a, I mean, granted, it's not like headliner bands. It's like mm-hmm. Len's favorite Tiffany she appeared on his birthday. Mm-hmm. He still has the tape, I believe. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, I know you guys have discussed this before. We're having a hard time getting more recent acts, but there's always free entertainment or included entertainment. Nothing's free. Um, so it's still, I think it's still worth the trip. Now you mentioned folks listening, which brings me to my special appeal during this week's show, because we're about to, to start talking about Mickey's not so scary And uh, of course, they also do Halloween on the West Coast. And one of the more in-demand tickets for Halloween events was for the Oogie Boogie Bash, Disney's Halloween party, which was held at Disney's California Adventure. And last year, I want to say it took them six weeks to sell the tickets to the event. And and this time around, tickets went clean in just a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And... Chrissy is is Turing Plan's lady on the go. She is the lady on the ground. I think to be thorough, 
Ms. Harrison w- would love to be able to attend uh, <laughs> an Oogie Boogie Bash out in California. But again, the tickets went clean. And I have been working my trap line of Disney insiders to try to procure her a ticket to this event. And have so far come up empty. But on the other hand, on the most recent show when Mr. Testa was away, I asked for help in getting a copy of the Art of Disneyland Paris book. And you folks came forward in droves. And so many people came forward. I was actually able to procure copies of this book for myself, for Len, for an unnamed co-conspirator, who you you folks will be aware of fairly shortly. And and so I'm asking again, I'm putting out a a request here. We want to get Chrissy into an Oogie Boogie (laughs) bash so that she can then come on the show here and tell us all about it. So if there's somebody out there with an extra ticket that's willing to surrender it or offer it a reasonable price, we'd love to take advantage of that. So Chrissy can then report on this event. So yeah, I'll buy all your snacks. I mean, I'm good company. I'm so, fun. Thank you, Jim. For uh, she did it totally fun. <laughs> Trust me. This would be a great addition to your party at the party. That so, would, you know, yeah. again, if anyone can help us out here, please reach out. Thanks. All right. So again, just now to pivot back to Mickey's Not So Scary. And I, I have to tell you, Chrissy, with the very first one of these, once upon a time, the very first Mickey's Not So Scary was held at the Magic Kingdom on Halloween night. Oh, you know, <laughs> Just, just one night. All right. I don't believe it. <laughs> all right. One night, October 31st, 1995. And oh, I, my gosh. And I will tell you because my my then wife and I were living in Orlando at the time. And we had our, our daughter, Alice, was one and a half at oh. the time. And we went to this event. It was a, a hard ticket. I want to say it was like $10 a person, $12 a person. And I, what I remember distinctly about this is we had an Emil Younger stroller, which, you know, for those of you who, who know these things, they are the size of a small foreign car. <laughs> But at the same time, they were they were supposedly the safest stroller on the planet. You could run a Sherman tank over the thing, and the child would be fine. So, but again, this is the first Mickey's not so scary. And previously, these Halloween events had been held over at the shopping village in Lake Buena Vista. So, and for free. Mm-hmm. So there was this hesitancy. You know, the first year they offered it for just one night. People kind of balked, and it's like, you're asking me to pay $10 for something that used to be free? (laughs) Oh, you crazy kids. Yeah, so (laughs) picture this. We are rolling around the park with Alice in our Emily Younger stroller. We're checking out the event, and we get to each of the candy points, and these poor, lonely cast members were like, oh, look at the cute baby here, have 1,500 pounds of candy. (laughs) We have now an Emily of a stroller with, you know, our, our lovely 10 pound baby and 1500 pounds of candy yeah. and just pushing it uphill to the monorail almost killed me and face it. Disney only went into this field because they were, they were looking over their shoulder at, at well, the universal started its own Florida uh, Halloween event in 1991, uh, but back then it was called Fright Nights. They didn't rebrand and make it uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, till 92. And even then it was like, you know, they were like, ooh, we're going to risk it. We're going to do this for three nights. You know, geez, I hope people show up. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Yeah, it's a it's a different world. Oh, no, no, absolutely. And I just, by the way, I want to give credit where credit is due here, that the very first Halloween event that was held in a theme park of size was not Scary Farm. And in fact, next year is the 50th anniversary of Not Scary Farm. And we were just talking about getting you to the West Coast. And we work with with lovely Tammy Whiting at, at Storybook Destinations, who's also been eyeballing, you know, a West Coast thing. So what if worth a trip? There we go. Worth I mean, then in. you know, I mean, but, but the idea of we we go out there and we don't just do the two Disney things. We because they do their Halloween time thing and and the Oogie Boogie Bash. We do Halloween Horror Night. That's right. And we do and Scary Farm. And and the cool thing is that that will also be the year that Super Nintendo World opens at Universal Hollywood. I'm in. Okay. So right. we'll tell Len just. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> when he gets here. off the train from Canada. Okay. Hey, here's the bill. All right. So that's kind of the where things started. And so you got to do the first night of the 2022 edition of Mickey's Not So Scary, which almost got called on account of rain, right? I really thought it was going to. Um mm-hmm. The beginning of the night, okay, so first of all, you get eight hours in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just from a value standpoint, you get eight hours in the park, you come in at four, mm-hmm. the party starts at seven, but everyone else, the day guests have to leave at six. So you have from six to seven, where it's just some of the party guests, because everybody mm-hmm. isn't there early. They really do a very good job of being firm about getting those day guests out. It's a whole sweep thing. If you don't have your wristband, you can't enter any lands, mm-hmm. you can't go on any attractions as of six o'clock on the dot, like what's standing there watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, so full eight hours in the park. Plus, we've checked the crowd calendars and the crowd levels, excuse me, after um, the last two parties. And we've had crowd level one on our, our crowd calendar both times. And the average wait times have been between 18 minutes. And 21 minutes, which means if you're planning on visiting Magic Kingdom as a day guest, that's the day to go. And party guests have, you know, an even better time. So if you want to ride rides, you want to see the shows, all that stuff, great time to go. Okay. So yes, the first party, they're supposed to have two parades. And because of rain, the 915 was canceled. We did get to see the 1115 one word of caution when there is rain like that um and because the first two hocus pocus villain spelltacular the castle sit you know stage show the 835 and the 1035 because those two had also been canceled because the performers have to come out and dance they moved they made an announcement this is something to be aware of that the parade would be moving up by 10 minutes that's not really a big deal but okay. the, term, the times are not firm mm-hmm. uh, necessarily if there is inclement weather did you get to see the headless horseman that no night? the horse they couldn't do the horse because of the rain I've actually been in the park once where the poor horse was coming up from Frontierland. It was making yeah. the turn to go into Liberty Square and now the cobblestones lost its footing. And, oh, and, that, no, 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 and no. that was on uh, on a dry night. But even then, the rider took a tumble, and but they got him back up on the horse and they continued on. But yeah, uh, exactly. And again, I know it's a spectacular element of it and it's a lot of fun, but 
they defer to safety on, on nights like that. So, oh yeah, okay. I don't have any beef with that. Like, even mm-hmm. if that was my one time going, you want the animal mm-hmm. to be safe and the performers obviously, obviously come first. Now, right. I will say, I went to guest relations to ask, mm-hmm. at what point do you start giving money back? And mm-hmm. naturally, you're not going to give a firm answer, but mm-hmm. it was something um, along the lines of if almost all of the entertainment is canceled, they might be able to get you at a different party or mm-hmm. the impression I got was it depends. Okay. So I was able to see every bit of the entertainment. It mm-hmm. just wasn't like I was planning on doing both parades. And obviously there's only one fireworks show. We got to see it. It was wonderful. The mm-hmm. Jack Skellington puppet was Isn't that amazing. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. amazing. Like chills. By the way, that's Michael Curry, the the gentleman who did the puppets for The Lion King on Broadway. Oh, you're uh, doing better than me. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, but but again, the stagecraft for that it, uh, is it's phenomenal. Yeah, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, so we did get to see it. I got to see every single one of the shows, and mm-hmm. I did get to see the fireworks. I got to see the parade. I went to all the dance parties. I have to say, this is. I mean, I obviously think it's a really good value. I've spent my own money to go. I'm going four more times. I'm going one more time for work, but mm-hmm. then I'm taking my family four times. Cause I, you know, we're, we're doing Halloween at lens. Obviously that's a, a huge event. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. you come, you gotta come Jim. I've already started. I but, don't think there's room on the porch. I if I make room. Okay. I, I, I've heard the stories about the refrigerator carton size thing of candy that was I'll make sure gone. there's room. Um, you'll have a chair we're gonna order in food hopefully Gigi's teacher is not listening I'm making her I'm gonna have her stay home from school the next day it's a whole thing we've already started amassing toys and it's uh, it's a thing but anyway I will be going back four times spent my own money this Mm -hmm. is a wonderful value and I say that because you're never going to be bored they it feels like this is awful. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, when you break up with somebody and mm-hmm. then you get cute. Okay. So it feels like, <laughs> if, okay. It feels like <laughs> Disney is the like on the revenge, like yeah. trying to outpace universal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like they, they went all out, man. They, at, okay. So at the mad tea party, they mm-hmm. have 11, is it 11 character meet and greets? 11, but some of them like the mad tea party have five characters mm-hmm. five and there is always somebody so queen of hearts is coming out like she's putting on a show and she, she goes back behind cheshire cafe and mm-hmm. then you know she's like messing with guests and stuff and just being hysterical and then now come tweedledee tweedledum and then you've got um i mean it's it's a lot uh then you have like at um Pooh's thoughtful spot you've got Pooh and Tigger so at a lot of them it's not just one character so yes there are 11 spots but like up front you've got Mickey and Minnie in their little vampire costumes you've got Sally and Jack so that's one spot for huge characters so the bad news is Jack and Sally were a three-hour wait on the first night yeah I'm not doing it uh, you'll never yeah. see a picture because I'm not doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it but um so yes you can spend mm-hmm. I wish they could find a way but there were just so many people and you know a lot of it was us filthy bloggers and so hopefully the time it won't no no, no that, that's true I mean you know that face it what's kind of intriguing about the first night of anything at the Disney parks these days is that 
you're there with the folks who were there to, to document the event. And I will be fascinated to hear from your other four trips to the park. What changed? What was easier that night? Because frankly, people weren't desperate to be the first to get the picture. Oh, absolutely. And Sally, that sort of thing. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm going, my next one is on the 30th. And mm-hmm. uh, my focus then is just the uh, ride overlays because they've got four that have the Halloween uh, twist is what they're calling it. Hmm. Um, yeah, very exciting. So the candy is the same. It's Mars. Um, mm-hmm. The bag is an upgrade. It's like a keepsake bag. It's a reusable bag. It's still the same size. And then mm-hmm. uh, the allergy process is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I'll be documenting that. We have some of that uh, information on our um, Instagram. I saw. I saw. Yeah. Now, but mm-hmm. we'll be. I'll be showing you the treats mm-hmm. uh, on the thirtieth. Um, I think uh, it was an outstanding value considering how much time and mm-hmm. how much there is to do the dance party, especially in Tomorrowland for um, geriatric folks like myself, it was all um, 80s and 90s. Uh, so I was having a hard time leaving and actually working because I'm telling you, I mean, that that's where you'll find me for the parties I'm going for fun, uh, unless Gigi has her way. So it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful party. So much okay. better than Boobash, like not even close. All right. Uh, one thing I, I guess I will caution folks about is September 30th of this year, Hocus Pocus 2 debuts on Disney Plus. Mm. And the company has already begun its promotional push. And obviously the, the Hocus Pocus spooktacular in front of the castle. For me, it's always fascinating to watch people treat Winifred and her sisters like rock stars. And Disney does a beautiful job of casting folks each year to to play those roles. And I I just want to warn people that if you're going to one of the Halloween parties after the 30th, that's going to go from crazy to super crazy. You know, that's a good point. You know, and so you might want to, what's your advice there? Maybe scout, grab one of the later shows. Oh yeah. Cause all the kids are gone. They're asleep. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. So, and again, it's the same show, same, beautifully done with every one of the Disney villains up there. So great, great fun. Be sure to check that out. And, uh, and they if- actually add a show in October. Oh. Uh, so for August and September, the mm-hmm. spectacular has three shows, um, okay. 45, 10:45, and midnight. Mm-hmm. Just go to the midnight, mm-hmm. and then October second through Halloween, it's at 7:40, then right. 8:35, 10:45, and midnight. So yeah, dude, go to the midnight. That's smart, Jim. Yeah, no, that is. But at the same time, it, it's it's recognizing that on the back of Hocus Pocus too, that that enters the white hot center of pop culture at that point, and That's you know. So, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see if they make any changes to the show to reflect what's in the movie. But I'm sorry, I, I forgot to mention, and please forgive me, I failed to mention this. When there is rain, they will have the, the spectacular. It is mm-hmm. modified. It is not as awesome. You will not see the Dr. Facilier dance. They're going to mm-hmm. protect the performers. Okay. So they're just going to come out and then they'll sing a little, but they're not, it's not the full show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the excellent news is our rainy season is over in October. So if you're going closer to Halloween, yes, you're paying more, but you're getting more options for show times and the chances of rain for three and a half hours mm-hmm. is, is slight. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, I, as always, Chrissy, you, you did an amazing job keeping us up to speed here about 
Food and Wine and now Halloween Horror Night and want to have you back on the show. But in fact, we can have her back on the show, folks. If somebody coughs up that ticket for the Oogie Boogie Bash in California, <laughs> you know, you. no, no, no. I, I so want to get you to it. that. And more to the point, I want to hear your take on it because it sounds like such an amazing take in. So, wow. um, well, anyway, uh, Chrissy, thank you so much for, for filling in your, for your brother, Len. Uh, and, and of course, where can folks find you online? Boring plans. Just oh, what a surprise. in the park. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, you can find more of me over at Jim Hill Media. And if you haven't been over to that website in a while, Eric Hersey has been doing an amazing job of taking a number of the stories, which I originally read here on the Disney edition, and turning them into terrific-looking articles. Eric has also been digging down into the JHM archive and unearthing some of the stories that I've written for the web over the past 25 years. I'm very old. Anyway, uh, by dropping pictures into those, he's managed to turn them into fun, newish pieces for the web. For example, Eric just took an article that I wrote back in 2003 about Nikita Khrushchev wanting to go to Disneyland back in 59 and made that into an interesting read with great illustrations. So if you can, head over to Jim Hill Media and uh, please go check that stuff out. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's show, which was produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Who, by the way, will be bringing his trusty dirigible to the upcoming Crown of Maine Balloon Festival, which gets underway at Presque Island on August 28th. Uh, While Aaron's doing that, if you could please go over to iTunes and rate this show and tell us what you like here next. And for Mr. Testa, this is Jim Hill, and we will see you on the next show.